Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Smashpod. Hello, my name is Mark and I edit Smashpod. The episode you're about to hear is going to be in two parts. This is part one, and part two will be out next week. Let's kick off. It's the first part of the License to Kill Marathon. Hello, and welcome to Smash Pod, a podcast celebrating all the Bond films by those who enjoy, hate, or, you know, just aren't asked about them. Hosted by me, John Rain. We will be delving deeply into Bond, tackling a different film each episode with an exciting guest by my side. Episode 16 brings us compliments of Sharky, a further slice of Deadly Dalton. Strap in for action, adventure, betrayal, and cues out of control hands. It's licensed to kill, and joining me to hand out headbutts and mild swears is Empire wordsmith Chris Hewitt, who can be found on Twitter as at Chris Hewitt. Hello, Chris. Hello, John. How are you? I'm good. Things are about to get nasty. They are. Having seen your setup now, this is, this is really intriguing, because I'm technically speaking not by your side. No, you're not. No, I'm facing you. I didn't realise this. And we're wearing but we're wearing the same T-shirt. Uh, Michael Keaton Batman T-shirt. Yeah, is, sorry, everyone. Yeah, it's fine. I've I let us all would, down. I thought you would have been on brand and have some sort of Bond T-shirts, but there aren't really that many available. No, there's two on the official 007 website. That's rubbish. Uh, one is a nice Japanese Moonraker T-shirt, right? Ooh. Which I went to buy and was out of stock. Right. And the other one is a Taiwanese Octopussy T-shirt, which I did buy. <laughs> Which I do own and didn't wear today, but I should have done. I should have worn it for the Octopussy episode, but I didn't. I've let everyone down again. That's fine, John. It's it, not we, going well. we can recover from this disastrous start. Yeah. We, we can turn it around. It's Let's fine. talk about License to Kill. Rated yes. 15. It is rated 15. I was 12 years old when this film came out, and I, I tried to go and see it, and I wasn't allowed <laughs> in. I wore my brother's coat or something like that to try and look older, and uh, yeah, I wasn't allowed in. Oh my god, uh, I was exactly the same age. Oh. Exactly the same age, and mm. this is the first Bond I ever saw in the cinema. Oh, you managed to get in? I did get in because the standards at the Ivey Cinema in Banbridge in Northern Ireland mm. were a little bit more lax than they are over here in the mainland, I imagine. More lax um, than Watford, fucking hell. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so I, I went to see it with some friends. I was very, very excited. I don't think that's why I am especially fond of this movie, though, mm-hmm. because it was my first big screen Bond. Yeah. I think I, I, I am especially fond of it because it is a, a cracking film in its own right. Yes. But you're right, it was a 15. It is yeah. a 15. It wouldn't be nowadays. No, it'd probably be a 12. Yeah. Well, a Skyfall, they drop the F-bomb and it's a 12, isn't it? 
That's a very, very good point. But nowadays, yeah. the, the ratings, they mirror the American cert- certification system a little bit. So you're allowed one F-bomb in a PG-13 in the States. Yeah. Uh, it used to be two, but yeah. now it's one. And, and obviously it echoes over here with 12A. But you know, this film has people being fed to sharks and people being fed into minty machines. Mm. and Heads blowing up. Heads blowing up. You know, really good heads blowing up uh, in this movie. Uh, and uh, people being impaled in forklift trucks. Lots this, of blood. But This film is exactly... Um, we, we mentioned this in the Moonraker episode, but it, it, how Bond reacts to culture. Mm. And 1989 yeah. was a massive time for action films. You know, mm-hmm. had Lethal Weapon, yeah. Commando. Dead Poets Society. Know, Dead Poets Society. Uh, but 89, they've obviously thought, we'll even get Michael, because John Barry obviously had quit Bond. Yes. He's retired by now. Well, not retired, but I, I think he didn't want to do anymore. Yeah. Or maybe he was still hiding from tax. I uh, don't know. Apparently he had throat issues at the time. Oh, did he? Yeah. How that would restrict him composing, I'm not entirely sure. And Michael sure, Kamen at the time was hot. Oh, he was hotter than hot. He was basically doing the same score for every film, but he was hot. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. yeah. And this film, he basically, it, he uses bits from Lethal Weapon, I'm sure, in this. There are bits from Lethal Weapon in this movie. Uh, he has that weird noodling Spanish guitar yeah. all the way through. It's the only thing that sets it apart from any other film he does is the noodly Spanish guitar. Noodly Spanish guitar, and now and again he remembers that he's he's scoring a Bond theme, so he puts the Bond theme in there, the, uh, the Monty Norman. I can say Monty Norman without people suing me, can't I? Yeah. Yes, Monty, yeah. uh, Monty Norman Bond theme. Well, he wrote it, yeah. He sticks it in there now and again. There's also loads of Die Hard in yeah, this. Yes, definitely. Loads of Die Hard, which of course was the previous year. Yeah. And, uh, you know, can I, uh, I might as well say now, and obviously this movie has a reunion of, uh, of Special Agent Johnson and Agent Johnson. It does indeed. In, in this movie. Yeah, no relation. No relation. Robert Davi and the brilliantly named Grand L. Bush. He's brilliant. And now he's like a, he's like a preacher now, isn't he? Is he? Yeah, I, I think he's like... quit acting and he's now like a... Baptist preacher or something like that. You know, like MC Hammer did. That's but without, without the bankruptcy in between. You know, that's one of the few actors I didn't actually look up to see what he was up to. I just assumed that he would be in loads and loads of movies. No, because he was in everything for a while. Yeah. And now, yeah, he's a preacher, I believe. Wow. Please tell me if I'm wrong. They will. Oh, they will. Yeah. They will. Uh, but that was what I remembered reading. That's incredible, because you know, the, the name Grand L. Bush... Mm. It's just a Bond name. Well, it's an actor in search of a Bond movie, isn't yeah, he? I mean, yeah. you know, he should. that should be a Bond baddie. Fatima Bush's brother? Quite possibly. Fatima Q. Bush. Yeah. <laughs> Which, again, know. sounds like some sort of service. <laughs> um, yeah, and you, you also get, at the start of this film, you get uh, um, Michael G. Wilson. I think it was around this time. I just noticed, I think it's Octopussy, I think. I might be mm. wrong. Where he starts inserting himself for cameos. What's I don't mean he one? puts things up his ass. <laughs> I mean he starts putting himself in Bond films as cameos. He really? he's in Octopussy, I believe, sitting right. on the table. And if you, there's a website somewhere where they've listed all of Michael G. Wilson's cameos. Wow! And this one, he's the one who says, um, if they just hurry, they might just grab the bastard at the beginning. Really? That's Michael G. Wilson. Yeah. And he wrote that line for himself. He did this That's... is him and Richard Maybaum's last? Yeah. Cooperative writing exercise in a Bond film. Absolutely. In uh, fact, I think it's the last time he wrote for Bond. Uh, Wilson or Maybomb? Wilson and Maybomb. Maybomb yeah, died yeah. after this. Absolutely. Yeah, so, Wilson's just a producer now. Yeah, he is. I, 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 I did wonder why he would do that, why he would take a back seat. I guess he just got fed up, maybe. Possibly, yeah. Maybe he just suddenly realised, hey, it's easier to pay someone else to write. I could just get away with it. I can just sit around and, and tell people what to write. And maybe and, now and have a quick polish. And, and sit in the films every now and then for a cameo. Yeah, it's interesting, because uh, this, this movie was... Uh, the victim almost of the writer's strike. There was a writer's strike yeah. at the time that they were, they were filming. And in the same way that Quantum of Solace, Quantum of Solace was hit heavily by a writer's strike. Mm-hmm. And you can really tell yeah. in that film. You know, Daniel Craig said recently that you know, he and Mark Forster, because they were non... When, you're, when you're, there's a writer's strike, anyone who's affiliated with the Writers Guild of America cannot work on the film. Mm-hmm. Even if you're a producer on the movie, you can't 
write mm. anything. So Daniel Craig, he said he and Mark Forster were coming up with all sorts of dialogue and plot revisions on Quantum of Solace, and it does show. Mm. And this movie doesn't, and I think one of the reasons is, I don't know whether this is slightly dodgy or not, but Michael G. Wilson wasn't a member of the Writers Guild, or he was a member of the Writers Guild, but he was a non-American resident. Yes. So therefore, there was a loophole that he could get around, and so he could work on the script to License to Kill, or License Revoked, of course, as it was back then, yes. on, his, on his lonesome, mm. uh, working from, I think, the, the treatment that he and Maybalm came up with. The other, th- the other thing this film is a victim of is the summer of 1989. For some reason, yeah. they decided to put this out in the summer of 1989, which had possibly the most blockbusters in a summer I can remember in history. Well, yeah, for, for me, writing for Empire, growing up reading Empire, 89 is lodged to my head because that's when yeah. Empire launched and I remember seeing issue two with Batman on the cover mm-hmm. and going, oh my God, Indiana Jones and Last Crusade and Ghostbusters 2 and Lethal, Lethal Weapon, Weapon 2. 2. Oh, and of course... Dead Poets Society. Of Dead Poets Society. You which can't smashed ignore it. everything. You, oh, it's, it's smashed it. And Star Trek V. Was that, late? Was that 89? Yeah. Wow. Because that's why uh, they couldn't use ILM on Star Trek V, because they were doing Ghostbusters 2, Indiana Jones 3, wow. and some other thing as well. Busy, so, busy, busy. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so they, because Bond films traditionally, I don't know if they did before this, I'm pretty sure they did come out, as we know, like Christmas, near, near November. Yeah, October, November, yeah. But for some reason, People at MGM thought, we'll put it out in the summer because it's Bond. Maybe it's because it's quite a summery film. It's quite sunshiny. Yeah, but they do go to Mexico, don't they? Well, yeah. well Isthmus. Yes, the yeah. fictional city of they like, Isthmus. They've got fictional cities. Yeah. They used to do that, like uh, Valverde used to get used a lot in American action films. They don't do it anymore. It has to be genuine. Yeah, it has to have a sense of verisimilitude, which I don't like. No. Frankly, I want my Bond to be escapist. I yeah. want him to go to fictional cities. And... I'm glad you said escapist. I thought you were going to say rapist, <laughs> which technically no, kind of is. I, yeah, well, yes, but I do not unequivocally want my Bond to be a rapist. I just, just want to make that clear right from the off. He did say escapist, just so you know. Um, <laughs> it's my accent, my thick accent. Yeah, yeah, it is a very thick accent. Do you subtitle the podcasts? You yes. should. Yeah, we do. You yeah. should consider we that. We do. We get, we get someone to order, order, you know, describe it like they do for the deaf people. <laughs> Chris and John are now wearing the same T-shirt. There is audible embarrassment. Chris did not say rapist. <laughs> <laughs> so you get um, Bond uh, is, is with Felix yes. on the way to his wedding. This is a strange setup for a film, it isn't is, it? It is, isn't it? When you think about it now. I mean, you take it for granted. But... We should say that you and I love this film. Yes. Unashamedly and yes. Un- unabashedly. Yes. A few years ago, ten years ago, I did uh, something really stupid. Right. I did a Bondathon. Yes, I remember this. I should stay now. I've been an Empire reader for a long time. Oh, well, probably I, I apologize. since the early nineties. I'm sorry, but everything. And I do remember your Bondathon. Yeah. I remember being really jealous because I wanted to do it. it. <laughs> Believe me, it would have destroyed you. Did it you nearly destroyed me. No, we had terrible, terrible junk food. But in the, in the run up to Casino Royale, uh, we maybe it was me. Someone else had the grand idea that we would watch all twenty Bond films in a row. Yes, we did it in forty two hours, and the mm. rules were we were we took a five minute break in between movies, and I think every five movies we took a twenty minute break. Yeah, I think that was the, that was the, those were the rules. And since I've since I did that, I haven't been able to go near any of those Bond films. Oh. I haven't seen any of them. I haven't revisited them. When I think of some of them, like Dying of the Day, where, quite frankly, I got the shits, I cannot... It was on it. It was, it was, it was terrible. It was Diarrhea Another Day. It was, it was, it was awful. Uh, I cannot think about those movies without experiencing some sort of physical pain. Yeah. Uh, but I knew I'd have to revisit it for this. And so I did so with a little bit of trepidation. 
but my love for this movie got me through and I yeah. remembered and I rediscovered how great it is and it's mm. such such a good film it really is yeah well it's effectively a remake of uh, well using the same plot as Rashomon isn't it it is yes yeah but yeah. I like that I like that they're reaching you know because it's alright what's good for Star Wars is good for everybody else you reach out to the <laughs> Asian market and borrow a film and make it for your market yeah but they do it so well in this yeah. that um, I'm surprised it hasn't been done again by someone else. You know, it's just such a good idea for this film to not only go after the baddie, but to go inside his organisation and fuck it up. Absolutely, and it's great. It's the sort of thing they're doing in the FA and the government now. <laughs> <laughs> we have men deep inside FIFA. <laughs> yeah. Deep inside. Fucking everything up. Yeah. Somewhere, Seth Blatter's head's being exploded in an air tank. <laughs> Next to a pile of Swiss francs. Yeah. Launder it. <laughs> Infantino, whatever he's called. A real life Bond villain, you could say, but I wouldn't, obviously, for yeah. legal reasons. But uh, yeah, it starts. It starts in this really interesting way. It starts with the bad guy, and that was intriguing to me because I can't think of too many Bond films that start with the bad guy. Obviously, no, there's always like with... an incident. Or something. Yeah, you never see the bad guy straight off. The main bad guy. Yeah, Sometimes yeah. you see a henchman. It yeah. Depends if, if you consider Red Grant, for example, to be the main baddie in From Much About Love, and yeah. you see him right away, but. Yeah. I can't think of too many. I mean, Goldfinger's in Goldfinger fairly quickly, but... Yeah, but again, not pre-credits. Yeah. Otherwise, there's a sense of mystery usually about the bad guy. Sometimes mm. they don't turn up for ages. Sometimes you wish they hadn't turned up once they turn up, like yeah. Christoph Waltz. So, yeah, no. Sanchez turns up, and right away you know he's a bad one. And he is brilliant. Well. Robert Darby oh, is so amazing in this film. So good. Because he is an- another one who was uh, ubiquitous in the 80s. Ubiquitous, even, I'll say it properly. He was, <laughs> he was in everything. And he, he's always good, but in this, he is just... Mag- he's magnetic. He's so good. Like he's just evil as fuck. And but also he's got that kind of Miami Vice baddie thing going on. Precisely, about him. yeah. But it works so well. And when he comes in, and yeah, you know, what did he promise you? His heart and all that. It's really Scarfacey Colombian thing going on. And I like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he was. He's he's really good. I, mean, I remember him things like before this Raw Deal. Goonies. I, yeah, Goonies, of course. And I can't remember if this was if this predates Maniac Cop Two, which is a film I love. <laughs> Badge of Badge of Silence. Is that yeah. Where's that three? Where, no, I think yeah. that's two. Is that two? Yeah. Yeah, because that's when Bruce Campbell gets killed, isn't it? Bruce Campbell Spoiler gets killed alert. in the first, first ten minutes. First ten yeah. minutes, yeah. Which, which is a, as a big Bruce Campbell fan, which is what drew me to the Maniac Cop films in the first yeah. place. Yeah, same. That was a big shock. It was like, what? What's the cop called? Matt? God, what's his name? I can remember the actor's name, Robert Sidar. Oh, yeah, because he's in Tango and Cash. Yeah, he passed away a few years ago. And, and he's also in Samurai Cop. He is, isn't he? Yeah. Yes. So, but the actual main guy's name, Matt something. Matt, Matt Notebook. Matt Notebook, yeah. Matt Notebook, that's yeah. what I'm going to say his name. But yeah, Davi's amazing. I had the, the mm. pleasure of interviewing him a few years ago for, for Empire. For, this is uh, going to happen a lot in this podcast. It is, it? and I'm yeah. going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to drop the, uh, the, the Dalton bomb uh, oh, later on. Shit. Yeah, I've done it. I've done it. I've, I've sat opposite the great man. Oh, my God. What, uh, now or talking um, about this minute? I'm t- well, obviously, I'm, I'm sat yeah. opposite... The great man, a yeah. great man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've interviewed Dalton. Uh, I, the only Bond I haven't interviewed is Lazenby. When you interviewed him, yeah. uh, sorry to say, did you ask him if he likes me at all? This was 10 years ago, John. Yeah, but he would have known. It did come up. Yeah, good, it did come good, up. Yeah. good. That, we'll leave it there. He was that's aware of you. Good, yeah. that's all I need yeah. to know. Let's just draw a fail over that. Um, but the, the thing that bothers me about this, uh, we will go back to you. Yes, we will, sorry, no, but no, we need it, to talk about This that. isn't the you know, Chris Hewitt name-dropping special, as no, I said. It, it is, down. actually. <laughs> that's why you're here. Um, but I, something bothers me when uh, Felix says, right, well, you know, we, we've got the group, we, they say to Felix, we've got the green light to go and get Sanchez. Yeah. And he goes, right, well, I'm going then. Yeah. And then Bond goes, I'm coming with you. Yeah. And he says... All right, but only as an observer. 
oh, what? Does he take him to the toilet as well? <laughs> you just say no. Yeah, you're you're you don't work for me. You're a yeah. spy. Movie would be a lot shorter then, wouldn't it? I well, mean, yeah. it's it's one of those moments. Well, I mean, no, because it's Felix would still get hurt and Bond would still kick into action. Yeah, well, I, I guess we, we have it is see. a little clumsy, isn't it? He's literally an observer. Yeah, he's observing what's going on for us. Otherwise, yeah. we wouldn't know. <laughs> It'd be rubbish if they go. What happened to Felix? Well, he went on this mission, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then he went home, and he got his legs chopped off. Yeah, and, and what were you doing, Bond? I was in Istanbul. Mm. That's what I was doing. I, I was just—I I went to the wedding. It was a great wedding, lovely wedding. Very happy for my friend. Mm. And then I went to Istanbul. And when I found out he'd been eaten by a shark, I was distraught. But yeah. hey ho, what can you do? It's, it's, I should have gone on that mission, thinking about it. Yeah, I should I, have asked to go. <laughs> yeah, of course, if I'd gone, I would have gone as an observer, and I wouldn't have intervened yeah. unless someone had started shooting at me. Yeah, which is obviously what happens. Sh- someone yeah. shot his hat. Bastards. Yeah, he was holding his hat, and someone shot it. You'd, you'd be livid, it's, especially if you're Bond. And you're the best man, surely. Yeah. Is he the best man? He is the best man, because he has the ring at the beginning. I mean, oh, Felix says to him, relax, Felix. <laughs> yeah. Of course I've got the bloody ring, you idiot. Yeah, Get married, you bloody bastard. Like, yeah. If you're Della, you're maybe thinking this union isn't getting off to the best possible start. Yeah. Well, her dad knows, doesn't he? Her dad knows. Her dad he's... fucking hates Bond and Felix. Yeah, he's got the, he's got the, he's got the feeling. He's... I told you this was a mistake. <laughs> Like a harbinger of doom, going. Yeah. Oh, don't get involved with spies. Oh. He's not a spy, Dad. I told you he works in double glazing. Well, what's he and his friend doing, parachuting out of the sky with a bullet hole in their hat for? It's an advert for Everest, all right. <laughs> it's Ted Moltz flying the aeroplane, the helicopter. I mean, does everyone at that wedding know that Felix is a spy? They might, well, if they didn't, they do after, don't they? Yeah. Or he's some sort of charity. You know, <laughs> I'm doing this for spying a bifida. <laughs> And there's poor Della circling around the block thinking it may be her husband-to-be. Can you imagine how cross her dad her. was at the funeral? <laughs> you saw him at the wedding. What about the funeral? Oh, poor Felix rocks up. He'll be over the coffin going, oh, I told Lord. you this was a mistake. Oh, no. But Felix, yeah. I think, by the end of the movie has... He's loving it. He's moved on. He's, yeah, he's happy. He seems to have already forgotten about her. Yeah. At the end, he's like, <laughs> hey, James, I heard everything went well down in Isthmus City. And, uh, oh, M just called me. Why is M calling Felix Leiter? Just check on him. The only yeah. person who does bother, doesn't he? Hello, heard you lost your legs. Um, maybe my boy was responsible? Did he do the joke? Felix, I've got good news and bad news. <laughs> bad news is you've lost your legs. Yeah. Good news is I want to buy your slippers. <laughs> <laughs> did he do that joke? <laughs> if he did that joke, it was all worth it. Hopefully. That's hopefully. probably why M did it. M heard and thought, I know a really good joke. Money Penny, get me Felix's number, will you? <laughs> this is M's last film, after all, so he probably thought I'll go out with a joke. It is. I mean, the interesting about this movie is that it's very much a Bond movie, despite all the revenge movie trappings. Yeah. But do you think it needed more M? Do you think it needed. It's got loads of Q. We've got loads of Q. We're fine. We're sort of a Q. But do you think it needed more Money Penny? Do you think it no. needed more M? You're happy? I'll say it as Dalton. No. <laughs> no, I think it's got. I think M should be at the beginning and end. I don't think. I, I don't like how it went later on with M effect, effectively being part of the groovy gang. Yeah, this is um, true. Uh, and even when Julie Dench was there, they tried to put her in films more than she should be, and it kind of yeah. takes over films. I like the fact that he's there to have his give him his orders at the beginning, mm-hmm. and then he shows up at the end to usually watch him have sex. Yes, which he doesn't really do in this movie. No, unless Not. he is just being really skeevy and hiding out in Bond's hotel room. The film does close on that weird shot of the fish. Winking fish. I think M is inside that I fish. I do as well, yeah, thinking about it. Yeah, and he's just sitting there, you know, just waiting for the opportune moment. 
What's he doing? Maybe the moment it, the, the eyes close is him climaxing. <laughs> <laughs> you turn up the sound, you hear him going, Oh, God! Pay attention, 007! <laughs> At least we know what the M stands for now. <laughs> Masturbating. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's gone he's gone a little bit early though hasn't he because at this point Bond and Pam they're just they're just cuddling oh, to some men you know to, to yeah. a starving man <laughs> a tiny meal is a banquet <laughs> that'll do for me Bond <laughs> oh I'd love that I'd be like that bit in Four Rings in a funeral where he kind of has to excuse himself out of the fish <laughs> sort of pants around his ankles you have to wonder as well that at this point, can M only achieve erection if he's watching Bond have sex? I, I, I'm just gonna, I've been nodding since you started talking because I knew that's where you were going. Yes. Because yeah. he's been trained to. He's like one of those monkeys that presses buttons to go to the moon. <laughs> he's been trained that he has to watch Bond have sex with somebody. It's Pavlov's dong, isn't it? <laughs> it's, you know. But the last the two Dom films have starred him of this, so he doesn't know what to do anymore. It's a bit like um, there was a few. I'm a huge Jack Reacher fan as well, and there was a, a series of books recently where Reacher didn't have sex with anyone, and then and then the, and after about four books, Lee Child went, "Okay, I'm, I've had enough of this. Hmm. He's got to have sex." Yeah. And so he literally fucks the bad guy in, in this one. He fucks him to death. No, he, there's a there's a there's a really extended sex scene, which gets quite racy for Lee Child, who usually sticks to PG-13 descriptions. But yeah, yeah and it's uh, so he has quite a lot of sex in that book, just to make up for all the. Non-shagging earlier on, and mm. it maybe reminds me a little bit of Liz. Is there a Jack Reacher film or a uh, book? Sorry, where mm. he, he just goes to a bukkake party for the whole book. <laughs> I'm sure it's coming. Yeah, well, um, well literally. literally. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, so yeah, so they go to where Sanchez has gone. He's broken cover, effectively. Yes. To go to this island is it in Florida. Yeah, it's, it's on the Keys, isn't it? Yeah, Keys. Key yeah. So he goes there, breaks cover, kills uh, Lupis. Is her name Lupe? L- Lupe? Her full name is Snooker Lupe. <laughs> <laughs> so once Sanchez, is, uh, he pots the reds and screws back for the other green, black, brown, blue, pink and black. Yeah. I play Snooker. How did I get that wrong? Uh, yeah. It's such a shame they didn't use the Chaz and Dave theme to this film, isn't it? <laughs> I've got a license to kill. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the, they go and get Snooker Lupe and uh, Sanchez goes off on his plane as we know. Yeah. I don't know why I'm telling you this. You've seen it. I've seen it, uh, yeah. Should we just stop this and just go it's, to the pub? It's fine, um, but, you know, but for the people who haven't seen it. Oh, God, yeah, sorry, I forgot. Know, there, there will yeah. be people who haven't seen it. Yeah. Idiots and monsters, yeah. I would say. Yeah. But nothing we could do about them. No. But, yeah, he, he goes off in his, his big plane, and Felix has decided that this, this collar for him is more important than getting married yeah. to Della. He thinks... What's the worst that could possibly happen? Well, to be fair, he gets away with it up to a point. He, well, up to a point. Up to about four hours later. Yeah. I mean, the, re- the retribution is, is swift and brutal in it this is, one. It is. But they, they catch Sanchez with a great mm. little stunt of Bond yeah. catching him like a fish <laughs> with a little uh, line. Yeah. I mean, and also, um, I should say, actually, um, the uh, whip that Sanchez used yeah. on her when he says your, your adventures oh. are getting more creative, it looks like Treebeard's dick. I, I, believe, I believe it is. It's like a spiky tree, rubber tree dick thing yes, yes. that he's whipping it with. Yeah, probably in a, a, in a cut subplot. He's a massive Lord of the Rings kinky sex fetishist. He loves dressing up his tree beard and whipping people. Does he say, let me share the load? <laughs> I can't carry that, but he can carry you! <laughs> he says. That's what M says at the end. <laughs> <laughs> in that exact voice. Um, yeah, so the, yeah, Felix goes on this adventure looking like a sort of saga-sponsored 
Lethal Weapon remake. Yeah. Uh, running along with yep. his machine gun. And yeah, so they catch Sanchez and they go to the wedding. And I like the little detail of when they land at the wedding with their parachutes, uh-huh. you get the little girls and boys picking up their parachutes as a wedding train. <laughs> I, I quite like that, that little detail. <laughs> I hadn't noticed that. Yeah, if you That's... watch it again, you've watched it twice, haven't you? Oh, I watched it twice. I watched it once with the commentary, which isn't a commentary. It's just a collection of interviews that have been stitched together. Yeah. Uh, and I watched it once without, just so I could write down some of the amazing Joyce Dalton dialogue. Well, next time you watch it, yeah, when they arrive, when they arrive at the wedding, the, the bride goes in, and then they go in, and two little kids pick up their parachutes like wedding trains <laughs> and follow them in. I like that detail. That's the sort of detail that normally doesn't get into a Bond film, mm. especially this, this was what, John Glenn's last movie. Yeah. And I, w- I would say that his track record was not great. No. Uh, so it is a surprise that he pulled the two Dalton movies out of the bag. He is best at action, and mm-hmm. this is primarily an action film. Yep. So he gets he gets his film to, to sign off on. This is perfect swan song for him, because what he suffers with is dialogue and <laughs> acting in general, and they're usually quite bloated. I know that's not necessarily his fault, but you'd imagine yeah. he makes the final call on that. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This movie is really interesting in so many ways. I mean, it, yeah. it doesn't trot the globe. No, nope. it it does bring in elements of another genre, which is as you know you discussed in the podcast many many times. It's not new for Bond, Mm-mm. but it goes into interesting directions. And you say he's not really great with the actors. I'm not sure if he was really great with Moore. And no. Dalton is. I think he's a fantastic Bond. I yes. think it's such a shame that he only made two movies as Bond. Mm. Otherwise, he would seriously be up there in the best Bond ever conversations. I mean, I th- yeah. you know, we'll, you know, we'll get to that later on, but I think yeah. he's definitely up there. Yeah. You know, he was he was that rare thing. He was he was really good at the action stuff. He could pull off some of the the more comedic elements, mm. but he took the role seriously. Yeah. And he took it as a role, not necessarily in a sort of Daniel Craig way, where he has to have grown and learned something by the end of the film. No. Which I think makes him a little less Bondy in it at the at the end of each of those movies. But for Dalton, it was a role, and it did have to have a start point and an end point for the character, and he took it seriously. And it wasn't like Connery, who towards the end of his 
tenure was just phoning it in mm. and, and more I love more and I love mm. the more films but uh, there are things in this movie that there, there are lines that Dalton says that Moore would never have been able to get away with no. there are things that, that Dalton does that Moore could never have done For Your Eyes Only is a, I think a really interesting example because there's obviously you know as, as you've discussed is a more serious Bond film and Moore just seems like a weird fit not least because yeah. he was 85 years old at the time but mm. he just feels weird and Dalton is the right he's just the right fit he just clicks in this movie yes oh, absolutely I completely agree with you so boxed it there sorry about that no that's good you're in the wrong podcast right? <laughs> that should be for the Empire podcast surely right, but this is also the last Morris Binder opening title of a Bond film oh I talk about people phoning it in yeah this one's just like naked birds some lights I mean what's the point yeah it's, this one's definitely not his most creative it really isn't and I've I listened to and read some interviews with John Glenn where he says that they would be frustrated with, with Morris Binder because he would literally send it in at the last minute and he wouldn't tell him what he was doing and he wouldn't show him what he was doing. Oh, really? And so it just appeared as they were about to lock the picture and they had to mm. stick it in and they couldn't ask for any changes. And this one is just... It, the most recent Bond credit sequences have tried to do interesting things thematically with the movie and they've maybe taken a cue from things that, that will happen in the movie as well. And this one is just like, yeah, you're right. Uh, there's a woman dancing. She's doing some aerobics now. I think that's that's... That's got to be in the movie, right? And mm. he's at a casino. Luckily, Bond does go to a casino in this movie. Yeah. Otherwise, it would have no relation whatsoever to what happens. Better if it was just Morris Binder just, like, on the toilet reading a book. <laughs> <laughs> reading Licence to Kill. Literally phoning it in. Yeah, yeah on the great. phone. Yeah. Put, put a lady in now. <laughs> and then a woman pops up. I've got a licence to flush. <laughs> Uh, it'd, be, it'd be really cool. That would be good. It would be cool. See, so, yeah, when, when we go to uh, Felix and uh, Della's wedding, oh. which is, a, you know, it's a happy occasion, but we know what's going to happen. Yeah. You're not going fishing on my <laughs> honeymoon. <laughs> yeah. uh, doesn't, doesn't Bond say something along the lines of, I'll bring her right back to you, or is there something like that? Yeah. I didn't write that line down. I should have written that line down, but uh, just such a happy, happy, happy moment. There's one little weird note that stands out for me about the celebrations at Felix's house. When Della takes Bond aside and kisses him twice on the lips. Yeah. Now, that's weird behaviour. Yeah. That either indicates that there has been some sort of past between them, or, you know, she's just... Bond is just such a such a bloody magnet, isn't he? Mm-hmm. That even someone who's freshly married to his best friend can't help but throw herself at. I think that's probably what it is. Or maybe they, they met in a swingers party. I think it might be that. Yeah. They met between Felix. <laughs> <laughs> she reached over and there he was. She married the wrong one, didn't she, really? She did. Bond is the one that got away. Maybe she asked Bond to marry him and he said, no. 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 Yeah, he was married uh, once. It was yeah. a long time ago. <laughs> I love a Felix's, really long time ago, actually. I like, I like Felix's voice in this. It's really... They're lush. <laughs> He sounds a bit like... Um, That's a bit like an American Sean Connery. He does. He sounds like bit. an American Sean Connery. Yeah. All right, but shrink me as an observer. <laughs> I got eaten by a shark, James. <laughs> My Killing legs me were... won't change anything, Sanchez. <laughs> it's kind of weird that um, it's the same Felix from Live and Let Die. Yes. But they didn't go back to him. No. Maybe they years. hated him. Well, like, who, which Felix would you like to see eaten by a shark? <laughs> David Hedison was a cunt, wasn't he? Yeah, let's bring him in. <laughs> let's bring him in. Should we bring in a real shark? Who no, sounds I... funny when they say the word shark? <laughs> I'm going to be eaten by sharks. 
Hedison ticks all the boxes. Yeah, they, yeah. We, we, we tried to have him eaten by a real shark, but we were told at the last minute by health and safety that we couldn't do it. Such a drag. The last, Felix, of course, was uh, John Terry. John Terry, yeah, he went yeah. on to play for Chelsea. He did. Yeah. And you expect him to turn up at the end of this movie in a full Chelsea kit, don't you? <laughs> Taking leg. the credit for all Bond's successes. Yeah. <laughs> Just hopping around, <laughs> lifting Sanchez's severed head above his, above his head as a trophy. <laughs> what an ending that would be. <laughs> incredible. Just in front of that winking fish. And it ruins Em's yeah. orgasm. Em uh, um, almost reaching climax. Oh, God, a severed head. He has to pull on the brakes, now but it's too only, late. He can only get an erection when he sees a severed head. <laughs> uh, so, well, yeah, um, we've all been there. But also, when do we, uh, we then cut to Sanchez being uh, interrogated by Everett McGill. Yes. Who's brilliant in this. Yes. And uh, then, uh, you know, he says, I'll, I'll give you one million whoever springs me. And then he's like, oh, and then Sanchez goes, two million. Yeah. At which point he should have just gone, yeah, all right. Because <laughs> that's effectively what he does. Pretty much. Two million to everyone in the room. But of course, this is the, uh, the Die Hard reunion at this point. This yeah. is Grand Al Bush is in this room as well. Yeah. And it's a glorious moment. I don't, th- that probably wasn't intentional. But you have that wonderful, there's a moment where I'm sure Michael Kamen is scoring yeah. this scene between Robert Davi and Grand Al Bush. And it's just, yeah. it's really, really, rather lovely. But yeah, I would have taken the two million. Hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. All day long and twice on Wednesdays. Especially as he's he's going to give you a new life in Isthmus. Is he going to take him with him? Yeah, he is. This is really interesting about Sanchez, actually, as a bad guy. Is that he is a man of his word. Yeah. He's actually a man of of rare honour. Because, as you know, like Stromberg in The Spy Love Me is the sort of guy who, like, will agree a deal with some minions and then have them killed. Yeah. And you expect that. That's a kind of cliche of the, of the Bond baddies. And so you expect Everett McGill to end up with a bullet in his chest or being fed to sharks. And he doesn't. He gives him the two million. He even says to... Crest. Yeah, he even says, you know, loyalty is more important to me yeah. than money. And yeah, it's that's an interesting little character quirk that actually runs all the way through the movie. It does, because he gives the president less money later because he was precisely, yeah. not loyal. Yeah. Remember, you are only president for life. Great line. It's a brilliant line. Such a good line. But well, Crest is a bit problematic with his eyes, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he pops up in the Matrix sequel as well, and I just I can't take. You know, he's got that's right. He does. Yeah. Eyes. He's in. He's in. I am Legend. Not I am Legend. The Omega Man. He's in the Omega Man uh, as the leader of. I want to keep saying the Morlocks, but that's not right. The uh, the evil vampire yeah. baddies that uh, the one Charlton Heston. Yeah, he, he gets good uh, baddie, Anthony. Serb? That's Serb? it. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to say that. He's, he is good in this, though. He plays a real good slime ball. He does, and because he has the, the slime ball hair, and mm. he has that weird, rotating, mad eye moody yeah. yes. eye thing I going on, yeah. he's, you, know, you, you, you know that he's not one to be trusted from the off. Because he wants to ice uh, Everett McGill, doesn't he? So he let's does. ice him. And again, it's one of those movies where if you'd listen to your instincts, mm. you know, if Bond and Felix had listened to... You know, if they just had gone, look, you know, Bond goes... Felix, I've had things go wrong at weddings before. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should just let the DAA, who, who seem very capable guys, they'll mm. handle Sanchez, everything will be fine. Mm. We'll just go on and get married. Mm. It would have been a much shorter movie, obviously, but everything would work out uh, nicely. In fact, this whole film is the fault of the DAA, because they, if they hadn't have flown that helicopter to interrupt the wedding, <laughs> Felix would still be here today. Well, why was Felix so important to them? I don't know. Maybe he was the only one who could fly the helicopter or knew where the island was. Maybe he I had sat-nav. Maybe he did, yeah. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't seem to do anything. It's the guy who brings along as observer who uh, who ends up catching uh, Sanchez. And that action sequence, I think, is really, really great and um, really influential for all the for all the the fact that this movie gets critically derided. 
it's really influential. You know, the, the mm. beginning of The Dark Knight Rises is basically the opening stunt of this movie, but yeah. on a bigger, bigger scale. Yes, yes. And there's a couple of moments later on, the, uh, the, the bit where uh, Sanchez breaks out on the bridge is basically... True Lies. True Lies and Mission Impossible 3. Yeah. Yeah, but just obviously much bigger versions of, of that. But I remember going back to the action sequence. You know the bit where Bond falls out of a helicopter, does a forward yeah. roll, and the, the barrel gets shot, <laughs> and then he shoots at the Jeep? Yeah. That nearly caused me to shit myself with excitement. <laughs> this is quite... This week when we're recording this, Barry Norman's just passed away. Right. Yes. And I remember watching Film 89 one night. Obviously, I had no internet, nothing like that. I was 12 years old. The beginning of... It must have been a new series... The first thing, and you know they used to put little clips of films in the titles? They had that clip in the title of Timothy Dalton landing, rolling forward and shooting. I'm like, what the fuck is that? And then later on the show, they were like, oh, and of course, this summer, License to Kill's coming out. I'm like, there's a new Bond film? What? I must have seen the same clip. And that that clip's amazing because... Talking about the difference between Dalton and Moore, Moore couldn't have done that. No. He would have had to go down in installments. He would have had to have a stuntman for each phase of the role. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, presumably with a different wig. Yeah. For each each bit. You say wig. Yeah. I, do. I mean the the stunt driver in Views of Kill. I mean. Yeah. It's not. Wig. It's it's not good. It's an abomination. It is an abomination. Yeah. So they have their wedding, and then we we figure out, we we find out that Sanchez is going to give Everett McGill two million. They throw the money in the water. They throw the truck in the water. Sorry. Yeah. He knocks out the driver. They go in the mm-hmm. water. Yeah. Milton Crest's men come. Yeah. Not like that. Uh, they might. I don't know. I wasn't there. Um, they go underwater and they rescue Sanchez and take him back to Milton Crest's place. They do, yeah. And then Bond leaves the wedding. And he does. Della. Oh, they, they give, they give, this is an important thing. Uh-huh. They give Bond a present of that lighter. They do. A genuine Felix lighter. <laughs> uh, that says to James, with love, Della and Felix. It does. Uh, and it lights, goes up like, woof. Yeah. Big it's, fire. It's a dodgy lighter. It doesn't. Send into a caveman then. Woof, big fire. <laughs> <laughs> big fire. Help yeah. kill baddie later. Uh, I wonder if this is a CIA gadget that it was just lying around the shop and he couldn't be arsed buying Bond a present. So he just runs into whatever the American equivalent of Q branch is, sees a lighter, grabs it, mm. gets quickly it gets it engraved, yeah. saves a bit of money that way. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, money conscious, this old Felix. Yeah. Uh, gives it to Bond and that's why it goes whoosh, Big fire. Yeah, it's the only explanation I can think of. Isn't I might be wrong about this, but isn't when when he f- figures out that Holly Goodhead's a CIA agent, doesn't she have one of these? I can't remember. I seem to remember she did. Because the last time I watched any of the other traditional Bond movies was ten years ago, yeah. and I was in a, a KFC and a just horrible stupor, yeah. trying desperately to uh, stay awake. Yeah, and I've uh, I've shut most of those movies out. Oh, so listen to your podcast. It's been really interesting, John. It's been, oh. it's been, it's been like delving me back into a world of pain, yeah. but in a really good way. So you're in kind of way. like a Vietnam veteran, a little bit, a little yeah, bit, watching Tour of Duty. But I've actually just made me rediscover my my love of Bond, hmm. which you know the previous actual Bond movie almost extinguished. Yeah, good God. Um, so then we get the bit where um, Bond goes, and then Della says to him, "Here's my um, oh, this is so touching. What's it called? That Garter. Thing? Garter. Yeah. yeah. And he says no." <laughs> Thanks, but no. And then he goes, and then she goes, what, "What's you know, what's his problem?" Yeah. Goes, he was married once, <laughs> a long time ago. Her name was Tracy, as I recall. <laughs> she was assassinated. <laughs> oh God, imagine him saying that. She was assassinated in a Swiss house, as I recall. By uh, can you say it again? By Spectre. Assassinated by Spectre. Yeah, let's skip that line. Bullets had riddled her body. Her corpse was. Stuffed with bullets. 
Okay, we might be able to take that one again, David. <laughs> Just say a long time ago. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> but this is the thing that this is the thing that will throw people off about Bond. I mean, I hate, 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 hate the Bond is a codename handed down theory. Oh, fuck off. I mean, yeah. and, and I love the fact that License to Kill and uh, Fury Eyes Only yes. go out of their way to go, and this is the same Bond. Mm. Same Bond, and he had a wife, and she died. And it's a bit like comic books, where people don't really age in the same way. Yeah. Everyone else around him ages, which is weird. Q is now a million years old. Yeah. But Bond is still the same age. It's denial. Bond needs denial. He does. I was talking about this in our License to Kill episode that I recorded all weeks ago. Sorry, Living Daylight. I was going to say, the License, yeah. Yeah. The, um, Joe Don Baker... Right. He's the baddie in The Living Daylights, and then two films later, yes. he's Jack Wade. Yes. So you're supposed to just go, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> in the same way that Bond never aging, yes, fine. Precisely. It is the same guy experiencing the same things. He has the same emotion. He doesn't regenerate. It's not like Doctor Who. It's just, it's just a different guy. You've got to go with it. No. But, yeah, no, no, nasty. Uh, um, yeah, so he goes off, and then um, Felix goes back in with Della for oh. a bit of rumpy pumpy. Yeah. And, uh, oh, Benicio del Toro's there. You wouldn't be happy at the best of times. No. This almost happened to me on my honeymoon night. Uh, I went back to a hotel room and there was Benicio Del Toro. Really? Just standing there in the room going, yeah, hey, he's, how's he's it going? He's lad out. Yeah, <laughs> raiding the minibar as he does. But I had to Did let you him shake go. your fist, Del Toro? <laughs> Damn you! Le bull! Yeah, um, it sounds like a load of old bull to me. <laughs> Luckily, his vision space to movement, so my wife and I remained absolutely stock still. And after a while, he lost interest and, and left the room. And uh, yeah. Is it like the kitchen scene from Jurassic Park? <laughs> it's pretty much like yeah. that. Oh, beautiful. Totoro leaping onto the, uh, the hotel desk. <laughs> yeah, wafting around, making that noise. <laughs> I can't do the raptor. Uh, no, I can no, no. no, no one can. They're dead now. That's true. No one knows what it sounded like. R.I.P. Too soon. With the angels. So Bond then goes to his uh, airport in the morning to, yeah. to get his flight to Istanbul, yep. where he was supposed to be days ago. Yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, he says, "What's all the? Because there's lots of police and everything around." And he says, "Well, you know, what's all the commotion?" What's the commotion? She says, "Some big dr- drug dealer's just escaped." And he thinks, "Shit, yeah, shit, yeah." So he runs to Felix's house. He does. He finds, and he says, "Della," <laughs> and she's on the bed. Oh, horrible! Yeah, he's later ins- insinuated. Yeah, that she's obviously been raped. Oh, there's a horrible line from Del Toro where yeah. he goes, "We gave her a nice." Honeymoon, yeah. and it's oh, and that's not nice. That's disturbing enough, but it's the we. Oh yeah, I don't mean urine. Yeah. I'm sure there's no urine involved. No, but it's the fact that they obviously oh, we don't even want to talk about. You it. don't it's want to know. Horrible. Yeah, and uh, he finds Felix on the on the sofa. They put me on the sofa <laughs> <laughs> with no legs. And there's that great note. Uh, he disagreed with something that ate him. Yes, which is from the Live and Net, Live and Net Die book. It is, yeah, absolutely. Which I like that they used that. Because apparently yeah. they wanted to use this shark thing for a long time. Yeah. And now they have. It's great. And all, you know, little bits of Fleming worked their way in here all, all over the shop. Milton yeah. Crest, I believe, is from the Hildebrand Rarity, which is something, if I have read it, it's a long time ago. Uh, and there, there are different elements, I think, of Goldfinger cropping in as well, mm. if my Google research has told me anything. It's that. But we kind of, we, you know, Felix at this point has his legs chopped, jumped off. Mm. And he, they get jumped off in that really nasty scene. Where you actually you don't see the shark taking a bite of them, but it's no, but it, it's pretty gross. It's well edited. It's very well edited. Yeah. And uh, I was reading, doing some research on this, and the BBFC had real problems with this film. A bit. Because apparently there was a bond allowance at the BBFC for years that Bond could push the envelope a little bit more with the the sex and the violence, hmm. and 
you know, and still get what was back then a PG rating because yeah. there wasn't a 12 back at this. This was the summer when the 12 was introduced. Yeah, with Batman. With Batman. And uh, the, the I think it's the Wikipedia entry or maybe another entry on some sort of Bond website that has literal notes from the BBFC examiners. Hmm. And it's all very much they're fanning themselves and they've, they've had a fit of the vapors and they can't quite believe what they've seen. Oh, my word, it's absolutely terrible. And it's uh, it's intriguing. And each one of them, like several members of the BBFC recommended this would be an 18. Wow. 18. Wow. Mainly because of the, the leg scene, maybe because of Felix getting his legs bitten off. Yeah. Which you don't even see. Well, you need a fucking head explosion as well. That's a bit for a Bond, for a bond film. I, mean, I, I can't remember the last time... This was shown in an afternoon. It must have done. They must have cut it to buggery. If I remember rightly, I have seen it on TV. They cut this shot where his head expands, mm. and so then you just you get the sound effect, and you see the the window covered in blood, oh. and you can just about get away with that. Yeah, but he gets his legs bitten off, Felix. Although well, well, it reminds me actually. Sorry, I've written this down. Mm. When uh, Della and Felix are going into their room to have their rumpy pumpy, <laughs> Della does say, "Felix, you're no good to me with your wrecked back." She says that. She says that. So does that mean she's going on top? <laughs> Which, as we know, in Bond in bond law, I mean, is, is out of the window. You're not supposed to do that. Yeah, it is out the window. Officially, and... mini- not ministry, missionary. Yeah. Yeah. Missionaries when you, ministries when you're a bowler hat. It is. Women yeah. should not be in charge of their own orgasms in Bond. We have, we have, yeah. we have learned this over the, the course of the movies. Uh, Bond does not like that. So he doesn't like Della it. Della saying that, that she's effectively signed her own death warrant. She has. It's probably a good thing, because if she didn't like him with a wrecked back, yeah. she would hate him with a wrecked back and half a leg. No, half a leg, yeah. yeah. She'd say, I have nothing against your right leg. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so there's Felix with the note. And I'm kind of disappointed. I mean, do you think that um, Sanchez had different alts for the note? I reckon he had a few, yeah. Lighter by name, lighter by nature. Yeah. That would be a good one. Here's a lone shark that bit his leg. (laughs) Beware of those payday loans. Yeah. Um, Just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water, dot, 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 Jaws 3. I've uh, crossed out Jaws 4, crossed out Jaws (laughs) 5. I've heard of grooms getting legless on their wedding day before, but this is ridiculous. Maybe there's like a PTO at the back of the card, and you, yeah. you turn it over his gatefold, and Bond picks it up, and there's like six other lines about Felix, and that's where it really gets scowed. Yeah, the amount of preparation that's gone into this. But the, the, the callback to uh, Bond's short-lived marriage to Tracy, I think, is really important. Yeah. Because I don't think he embarks on this, this rampage of revenge. I don't think he chooses to leave the Secret Service, uh, however temporarily. Just because his best mate, that we are told is his best mate, despite the fact that they have really worked together in previous films that much. Yeah. Just because his best mate has his legs bitten off and this woman, Della, that he that we're told again that he's really good friends with, has died. I think it's because it's a, a wedding day atrocity. Yeah. And it's really hit home with him. And that you know, that just that one line, whether it's a Wilson line or a Maybalm line, then fair play for putting it in there because it actually gives the thing a little bit more emotional resonance absolutely and and also like you say it gives it the depth of the character having had this thing happen to them a long time ago yeah and the canon of it yeah and like you say just it just ties up perfectly because he would be fucking livid that it's happened to somebody else (laughs) (laughs) he's gone i'm never gonna fight over a wedding again yeah never yeah i'm like miss marple for weddings (laughs) everywhere i go someone dies that's the end of part one of smirsh pod on license to kill Part two will be out in just a week's time. So until then, thanks for listening.
Smash Pop. GreatBigOwl.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.